So we are in the Ten Commandments, and, and we're, we've been looking at the Ten Commandments from the perspective of not just what they are and like I mean, how do we follow them and, and the why, but we're looking at it to say, okay, but this, these, these, uh, these Ten Commandments out of the 613 Old Testament laws, these 10 stand out, and, and it's because they reveal something about God's heart. That, that these are so much more than just like on the surface what they say, that they really are showing us more about who the Lord is. And, and if you remember when we did, went through the Jesus Creed, what we also saw was that Jesus, Jesus referred to these. And, 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 and the way that the Ten Commandments are broken up is actually the same categories that Jesus said. So Jesus said, they asked him, what's the greatest commandment? And he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And then he says, the second is like it, to love your neighbor as yourself. And what do you know? Wouldn't you know it? The 10 commandments are broken into both of those categories. The first four are all about your relationship with the Lord, a a vertical relationship. And and it's how you love God. And we looked at that earlier this year, kind of part one of our our, um, 10 commandments series. And now we're in part two, which is now the vertical or the horizontal uh, relationship. So the first four commandments are all about how you love the Lord. The final six now are how you love people and what that looks like in relationships. So, so this morning, we are at commandment nine. We're almost wrapped up here. We're at commandment nine. And commandment nine is this, you shall not give false testimony. That's the commandment. Now, we find the 10 commandments in Exodus Chapter 20, verse 16. Here's the actual verse, the actual language. Here's what it says. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. Now we're gonna look at this um, because this is a, um, like, like the other commandments, it, what, it, like what is said, there's so much more behind what is said and what it means. And this is really broken into two categories. And, and the first one is lying in general, like speaking falsehoods. And then this specific bearing false witness. And, and the Bible has a lot to say about both of these things, actually. And so we'll look at these, both kind of aspects of this. And, and, uh, and specifically then what, like what false witness means and is, and, and then how do, we, how do we guard our hearts against this? And I wanna start this morning by asking you, just a, a really easy question, all right? And you're actually gonna talk a little bit. You're gonna share with your neighbor. Maybe you know him, m- maybe not. Maybe it's better if you don't know him so you, know, you can make something up. We're talking about lying anyways, right? So good luck. So here's the question. Here's the question, ready? How good, how good are you at not lying? Because you, know, you guys are gonna lie about that. How good are you at detecting a lie? Are you good at it? So I want you to rate yourself on a scale of one to 10. One, one being, I don't think anyone has ever lied to me ever in the history of ever. And I think everything that people say is true. I, I, I could ne- I, it is so hard for me to detect like if someone is saying something like intentionally misleading and someone lying to me. A 10 is everyone's lying and I'm the one to figure it out. <laughs> like, like God has given me the ability to say liar. And, and, and so like, maybe that's you, okay? Between one and 10, all right? So those are your, your category. Okay, you've got like five seconds to share with your neighbor. Ready, go. What number you got? I heard a three. I heard a seven. Good. Good. You pretty good? Okay. Okay, good. All right. Okay, so, so some of us, some of us, we maybe pride ourselves on being human lie detectors. 
this, this would be kind of your, you know, seven, eight, nines maybe. I, I think like if I were to put myself in the category, I think I'm in that category of like seven-ish maybe, maybe going up to eight. I, I, I try at least, I think like, so, so I, I, I'm, 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 I try to, I try to when someone's speaking to me and especially if it's like an intense thing, trying to figure out, all right, the body language and eyesight and, and are they looking, are they looking up or down and try to avoid eye contact? Like how, like how long was that pause? And you're trying to, you're trying, let me, hold on, let me hold your hand. You're like trying to get their heart rate. Like that's, that's me. I'm that kind of person just going, all right, I don't want to be lied to. And I, I also want to try to be able to sniff it out. Maybe part of that is because I was a youth pastor and I got lied to a lot. And so, so like I got good at, at going, you are a little liar. And, 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 and then others of you, so others of you are on the other end of the scale and you're going like, I, I'm so surprised. Like I, I, when someone lies, it's like, I, it's like, I can't even compute that someone would, would even dare to lie to me. And I, it doesn't even make sense that you would, you would do Like how, how could you just straight face lie to me like that, right? And we got people on all ends of the spectrum. And, and here's the deal. No matter where you land, no matter where you are, the, you know, the bottom five or the top five, it is always a shock when someone lies to you. It's always a shock. It's always a surprise. It's always a, a I can't believe that, but for different reasons. So if you're on the top half, like, like myself, th- you're shocked that you didn't catch it. I'm not shocked that people lie to me. I'm shocked that they got through. <laughs> They're like, that I didn't sniff it. And I'm like uh, almost upset going, how, I, I need to get better. I thought I could figure it out. I thought I could hone in my skills. If you're on the bottom half, you're shocked, not that you didn't t- detect it. You're shocked that this person would even do it, right? It's almost like I'm assuming you're, say, you're, you're speaking the truth and, and you didn't. And, and no matter what happens, it is painful. And the reason it is a shock, the reason it's painful isn't because of the thing. It isn't because of the lie. It almost, we've said this even in our family. I'll share a little bit about kind of our kind of household and experience. It isn't even a matter, like the lie almost doesn't even matter. Like the topic of the lie, it's not that it's irrelevant, but that's not why it hurts. Even little lies hurt. The reason lying is such a shock and the reason why it it, it can penetrate and we can feel it so much is because lying breaks relationship. That's why. When you lie, it's about trust and breaking trust with the person. Lying is chipping away at a relationship and the trust in the relationship. And it doesn't matter the lie. It chips away and it breaks relationship. On the other hand, honesty builds it. Honesty builds relationships. So in our house, what we'll, what we'll like, you know, we have four kids and, and they're ages uh, sophomore to second grade those aren't ages, those are grades. Um, and, and so like we have, they're all over the place. And, and, uh, and one of the things that we say, we at least try to is, is the worst thing that you could do is lie. The worst thing you could just, obviously we always want to tell the truth, but you know this, if you have kids or if you, any of you were ever a kid, you knew, you knew if I lie, I could get out of the consequence of the thing. Either I know I'm guilty or I said the thing or did the thing or hit the thing or pushed the thing. And, and like, ah, oh, if I get caught, I'm gonna get in trouble. So I'm gonna just try to get my way out of it by lying. And sometimes it worked. And that's why we continue to lie. 
And so for us, the worst thing you could do is lie. And, and the consequences will be worse if you lie. If you're honest, hey, great, I, 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 we, want to, we want you to grow up to be, to be people who, 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 to, who speak the truth and, and pursue honesty. And lying prevents that. Lying breaks relationship. And it don't, doesn't matter the lie. Again, you know, our kids will come in and, and they'll say this, they did this or they said this. And it's like, oh, and then we become detectives trying to figure it out. And I got my detective hat on. Oh, hmm. Well, you snorted when you said that. So that means, and I was like, ah, I don't know what that means, but you did it. And, and my wife's just like, hey, guys, are you lying? <laughs> I'm like, that's a great question. I'm like, are you lying? Like, because lying breaks relationship. So let's talk about this, what lying is and what false witness is in regards to this commandment. So commandment number nine, obviously, the, the number nine of the big 10. And the, the, uh, the Hebrew words for, uh, for false witness in both in this passage and then in, in the Deuteronomy version or passage of the t- 10 commandments, there's two. And it's shaker and shav. And here's what they mean. When you combine it, like the, the, the whole word picture we get around this commandment is this, spinning the truth, slander, or lying with the intent to deceive or defraud someone. So this isn't, lying and, and even bearing false witness, witness isn't being mistaken. I said something that I thought was true, but I turned, turned out I was wrong. I didn't lie because I wasn't meaning for that to happen. When there's a tent though, if the intent is to deceive, now we fall into this category. And, and this is why it's so hard because how can you gauge someone's intent? You can't gauge someone else's intent, but, but you know yours. You certainly know yours. And so, so what we see then is lying, lying included in this like category is this, to intentionally speak falsehoods, to contradict the truth. God has a very, uh, a very special place in his heart for what we're gonna see here, seven different things. And this place in his heart is not a good place in his heart. So we have the 10, the 10 commandments, but there are also seven things that we're told that the Lord detests. That, that is it was six that he hates and then seven that are detestable. Let's read this. So in Proverbs chapter six, we're given this list of seven things that God, that God says, I hate this. And, and God is love, right? Of course he is. But love requires, listen, love requires judgment and even, and even hating the things that threaten it, right? So to hate something doesn't mean you aren't li- loving uh, to, to hate something that is going to d- d- cause damage to the love or the relationship is righteous. It's why Jesus gets upset in the temple because he knows this is causing a problem. So, so here's what we see in verse 16 of chapter six of Proverbs. It says, there are six things the Lord hates, seven that are detestable to him. Now here they are, these seven things, right? Just, just FYI, these are the things on this list that you don't wanna be caught doing. All right, here they are. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked schemes, feet that are quick to rush into evil, a false witness who pours out lies, and a person who stirs up conflict in the community. Of these seven things, two are about lying. Two, make this list twice. God hates a lying tongue and a false witness who pours out lies. 
the, the person who speaks it, like the, the actual lying and the person who does it, oh, lying is a big deal. It's not just a casual misstep, like, oh, whoop, whoops, politicians are great at this. Oh, I misspoke. I'm, oh, you, you misspoke intentionally to deceive us, right? We call that in our house a lie. You lied. <laughs> lying is not just a casual misstep. It is something that God finds detestable. And, and this sets the stage for the gravity of this, that, that this really is a bigger deal than just simply, what's the big deal? It isn't, it's a, I'm not harming anyone. I'm just, you know, just maybe not sharing all the truth. What's the big deal? There's two, two things that we see that like specifically about lying that, that could tell us, that give us insight as to why God hates lying. The first is this, God hates lying because its origin is from the devil. Because it began, not with, certainly not with the Lord, but because this, this, this whole movement of deceit and sin and like the corruption of the, of the human race all began with a lie. It began with deception. In John chapter eight, Jesus says this in verse 44, speaking to the, to the, the Pharisees who he was not very, like he didn't hold punches. He was, he was, Jesus was very nice, but not with them. It says this, you belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's wishes. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth. There is, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language for he is a liar. And here it is, ready? And the father of lies. Like he's the one who started this all. And when you lie, you're actually carrying out his game plan. That when you, when you participate in lying, you are aligning yourself with the strategy of the enemy. Ooh, this is a big deal. This isn't just getting, a, you know, I'm just trying to get out of a consequence. There is a spiritual dimension of this dishonesty. And, and, and when we align ourselves with it, we we align ourselves with the very source of deception. A second thing that we could say that this is the reason God hates lying is because its outcome causes division. So its origin is of the devil and its outcome is division. In fact, we just read this in this, these seven things that God hates. It ends with this division. It says in verse 19, a false witness who pours out lies, these are the things God hates, and a person who stirs up conflict in the community. Some other translations say division or discord specifically. That a person who causes discord or division or conflict, that, that, this, that the, the lying doesn't just harm the liar or the one lied to, it actually divides people. And you've seen this. I'm gonna guess in, you know, in a number of our families that there may be deep divisions because of this thing, because of lies, because of deception, because of, of untruths or mistruths or half-truths, that it has caused deep divisions. It, caused, it has caused divisions with spouses, with kids, with siblings, with family members, with, with friends in communities. It's caused divisions for countries. It's caused divisions in churches, that churches divide over deception. This is, this is no small matter. That God, God hates lying because its origin is of the devil and it comes and it, its outcome causes division. 
So let's talk about the ways we, we do this, the ways we speak falsehoods, the way we lie. And, and, and this is gonna challenge you, I think, because you know this to be true and, and, and I know it to be true and you don't want me to say it because you know it to be true and you're gonna feel it a little bit. But guess what? I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna say it because you need to hear it and because I need to hear it. So here's the first thing. The way we speak falsehoods, first, is by contradicting the truth. This is the outright lie. This is the thing that we say when we speak something that we know is not true, we know is false, we know is a lie, and we say it anyways. With the intent to deceive, the intent to mislead. This, this, is, this, is, um, this, is something, this is saying something that is completely untrue and making it up or, or changing the, t- whatever it is that you know. Now, I'm gonna guess many of us here, we try to stay away from this one. Now, this is not the thing that you, you wake up in the morning and you don't go, man, I think I wanna get like five lies in today. I think I would really like to, I really enjoy lying to five people. None of us wake up doing that. But as we go about our day and whether it be in, you know, in family or relationships or in business or whatever it may be, we find ourselves like getting into some situations that are a little gray and we're trying to figure it out, but we don't try to. So the first category is this, contradicting the truth. And it's when we say things that, 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 are, knowing, that we are knowingly untrue. We know this is untrue and we say it anyways. Most of us, we've done this, but you, that's not where you live. That's probably not where you live. It, if we're gonna call this like lying, like this is, this is like high level lying where you're saying something that is not true on purpose. All right, many of us are not high level liars. At least I, I hope not. And then if we go down a little bit to like mid-level lying, there's this. It's not just contradicting the truth, but mid-level is now twisting the truth. It's not something that's outright, like this is outright untrue. This is a lie. It's, it's something that when we say things that are, that, are, that are partially true. And this is an area where we live. This is an area where you and I, we do have experience in saying things and in twisting the truth in such a way as to make sure we get the outcome, but, but we, can say, we can say things like this. Well, I didn't lie. I deceived, but I didn't lie. And we won't say I deceived. Someone says, well, it's a, that seems to be a form of deception. Yeah, but I didn't lie. Let me give you a couple examples as to, as to, as to what this looks like. One in the Bible and then one kind of in just daily life. Um, and also... Um, why, why it's so believable. The, the, the outright lies are almost easy once you catch, it's like, oh, this is just not true. These, these twist, like twisting of the truth is a lot harder, a lot harder to catch. The first one happens in the garden. The first lie, way back when. And, and this may shock you and I hope you're sitting down and it looks like all of you are, so good. The first lie is not an outright lie. The first lie, the first deception that led to all of this, that led to the fall, was not an outright lie. So what we're told, Adam and Eve, they're in the garden and God says, hey, you can eat any tree, any fruit, anything you want, except for, except for the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Just, just don't do that one, but anything else. All right. And then the serpent comes along and says this, did God really say that, that today you will surely die? And then the serpent says this, no, no, no. He knows you're not, gonna, you're not gonna surely die, but your eyes will be opened and you will be like him. 
All right. Did he lie? No. He twisted the truth. And the reason we know it wasn't a lie because when they did eat the fruit, they didn't die that day. He was right. This day you shall surely die. And he says, no, 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 you're not gonna die. And they eat the fruit and they don't die. Like, oh, he was right. But the goal wasn't to be right. The goal is to twist the truth and to get them to do something they knew was wrong by twisting the truth. And said, your eyes will be opened. Oh, and their eyes were open. And they saw that there was right and wrong and evil and they realized that they were naked and before they were unashamed and now they are ashamed. And like, he spoke, he twisted the truth in such a way that is, this is believable. This is believable. Yeah, this makes sense. And then when you give in, he's like, I gotcha. I gotcha. The reason why deception is so powerful is because it actually has some truth in it. But it's, it's spoken and twisted in such a way that it, it, it gets you to a, a, the end result, a conclusion you don't want to get to, even though it's, it's believable. And they're deceived because the serpent twisted God's words. We do this. You and I do this. You, you do this a lot. My kids do this. Um, but uh, you do this. You do this when, we'll just give you an example. When, uh, when you want to call in sick to work, but you're not quite sick. Maybe, yet, hopefully, maybe. And, and, and this happens a lot. This happens, this happens a lot in Bend, at least, after a really good snow, <laughs> right? The mountain, the mountain is gone. There's so, there's fresh powder. <laughs> and you call in and you call into work and, and you know you're, you're gonna twist the truth. You're not gonna lie, right? You don't wanna outright lie. Maybe you do, but, but all right, I, you want to keep a clear conscience. So you say, hey, you know, this is so-and-so, and oh, man, I'm, I'm just feeling a little cold today. I think I got a cold, and I'm, I'm, not, I'm not feeling good energy-wise, and so I, I, I think I'm catching something. And I don't want to come in if I'm not going to be at my best, and I don't want it to affect other people. Oh, man, yeah, you're sick? Oh, I didn't say sick. Oh, if listen, you know what? Stay home, get better. Hey, get well, take the day, rest up, and we'll see you when you get back in. Oh, you know what? That's a, that's a great plan. Thanks, boss. Click, and you're like, I just got my boss's blessing <laughs> to, to rest up. Here's what I said. I'm cold, which is true. It snowed. I am cold currently outside, Right? And I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not feeling energetic because I stayed out a little bit late and maybe I, you know, I woke up and was like, oh, shoot, okay, I need to rest up. And I'm, and I'm, 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 I'm catching something and I'm, what I'm catching is a lift ticket. And I'm, I'm gonna get it soon, I'm ready to go. And I, and I won't be at my best because I'll be dreaming about the mountain. So all of those statements are true, but they're said in such a way in which you lead the other person to come to a conclusion that, that you don't wanna say, but you want them to believe. You don't want to lie to them, but I'll let them believe it. Oh, you are twisting the truth. And then, and then there's a third area, and which is like, so there's, there's high lying, mid-level lying, which is twisting. And then there's low level, which we don't even consider maybe even wrong, but just, just you wait, all right? The third is by neglecting the truth. In which you're, you're not twisting it, you're just simply not saying it. If I don't say anything, it can't be a lie. This happens. I'll give you two more examples. In my house, my kids do this fairly regularly. 
whenever there's a disagreement or an issue, what I'm told is their side of the story. So-and-so, especially when they were younger, so-and-so, they'd come in tears. So-and-so hit me, punched me. <gasps> That's the worst thing they could ever do to my princess. Who would ever strike you with a closed or open fist? <laughs> it doesn't, who would do this? And they, oh, it was this brother. I won't name names in case they're here. I don't want to incriminate. Um, <clears throat> and, and we'll call them in. Hey, she just came, to, she just told us. You punched her? You punched your little sister? And they'll say, well, yeah, she kicked me and pulled my hair and scratched me and I had to push her off of me. And we'll look over. Oh, did that happen? Meh. <laughs> Don't you think that's important information? Right? And then, and then the next day it's the reverse and it's another kid saying this and leaving out information. And it happens. It happens a lot. And, and it's, it's because, like, we're, like I, I, I don't know how this works, like when we're young, it's just, we just figure it out. Like we're just, how, how are you so convincing? Like my kids, they don't, my kid, I have really great kids, honestly, really good. But every kid is guilty of this, including you. And, and when, they choo- like when they choose to lie, it's such a shock to us because we're like, this is so not normal. And also they're so dang convincing. They're so good at it. And we're going, how, who raised these monsters? Who raised these, these to like, wow. And, and you know what? I was the same way. And you know what else? You were the same way. You were a very convincing little monster and like lie to your parents. And, and there's something that's in us that we just naturally do this. And when you become an adult, that doesn't just go away. This desire to, to not experience the consequences or, or to re- receive some kind of benefit. Here's another way that you don't, um, that you neglect the truth. This happens all the time when you sell a used car <laughs> or when you're buying a used car and they just neglect to tell you that the, the main thing wrong with this car because they want you to buy it and you're, or you're trying to sell it, whatever it may be. And, and, and like, whatever it is, like, oh, you're going over all the stuff that works, all the stuff that's great. You, and you know, you, you do the transaction, you're like, all right, we'll buy it. And then you, you get the car and you're like, hey, you forgot to tell me there's no steering wheel. Oh, did I, did I, Oh, that, I guess that just didn't come up, you know? But the tires are good. I can't turn it. Like, it doesn't work. And, and you just neglect to share all of the truth. And you didn't lie, but you certainly, you certainly deceived. You certainly intended to get some kind of benefit by deceiving. Now, let me say this. This came up after service last week, or last, uh, last service. Um, that this doesn't mean, this, like, this is not equivalent to you then feeling like, well, I had to share everything with everyone to not lie, to neglect the truth, to not neglect the truth. No, 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 of course not. This doesn't mean that you share value, like, like sensitive personal stuff with people that you don't trust. It's not saying like, well, you never tell the truth. It, 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 it's, it's the intention behind it to say, no, 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 I'm trying to deceive on purpose and to get some kind of gain out of this. So there are plenty of things that I don't share, I share with trusted voice, trusted people in my life, but not everyone. It doesn't mean you wear your heart on your sleeve. By the way, that is a terrible philosophy in life. And if that's your philosophy, I am sorry and you know, come tell me how you feel afterwards. <laughs> but, but listen, you should not live your life saying, I'm gonna tell everyone everything what I think always. No, that is not wise at all either. So 
We speak falsehoods by contradicting the truth, by twisting the truth, by neglecting the truth. And uh, Paul says this in Ephesians. And when he, when he speaks to like, like leaving this kind of lifestyle, here's what he says in Ephesians 4. You were taught with regard to your former way of life, like before Jesus, like how you used to live, to put off your old self. And here's the old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires. The old self is marred in deceit. And you know this, you feel this, you've experienced this, this, this old way of life of deceitful desires. To be made, he says, new in the attitude of your minds and instead now put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. So, so put off your old self of deceit and instead now pursue righteousness and, and holiness. Therefore, he says, here's his summary statement, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully, and he adds this, to your neighbor. He, he certainly has this commandment in mind. To put off the falsehoods and to speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we are all members of one body. Paul urges us to, to put off falsehoods and to speak truthfully. So let's talk about the, uh, the, the effects of this. What, what, what does false witness do? Like what, what is the outcome of when you, when you bear false witness, when you, it, like specifically now false witness. So under the category of lying, now there's bearing false witness. And specifically now in this commandment, it's referring to a courtroom type setting to bear false testimony. So giving false testimony now is also like a form of lying and it's included, like that's the commandment is don't bear false testimony or witness. Here's, there's two things, two things we need to point out as to reasons why. Giving false witness destroys justice. This, as, a, as, a, as a cultural, societal like, norm of, of wanting to have the, you know, the, the law and right and wrong and the rule of law, that false witness actually destroys the process of justice. So in Deuteronomy 17, it says this. This is God setting up, remember, he's setting up the Ten Commandments. It's not just a personal, like, you, you guys should all, these are good ideas you should live by. No, no, these are the Ten Commandments that I'm building my society, my culture, like my people, you're gonna live by this. I'm building a nation around these particular laws. And it says this in, in Deuteronomy 17. On the testimony of two or three witnesses, a person is to be put to death, but no one is to be put to death on the testimony of only one witness. This is a big deal. This like putting someone to death for a crime has to be confirmed, not by just one piece of evidence, not one witness, but by multiple. This has to be corroborated by other things, other people. One is not enough. Even if they're guilty, one's not enough. So here's what we see. That testimony is actually really important to God. That telling the truth about something is actually really important. That, that we do it and that and that. And that in certain instances, one isn't even enough. You need to have other witnesses to this. And then we see this in Exodus 23. Again, this, we're still in the law portion of the Bible and, and we're getting like the Mosaic law coming out. Here's what it says in Exodus 23. Do not spread false reports. Do not help a guilty person by being a malicious witness. Do not follow the crowd in doing wrong. When you give, a, when you give testimony in a lawsuit, do not, here it is, Pervert justice by siding with the crowd. Speak truthfully. Don't, don't support whatever the crowd wants for this person. If they're guilty and people want them innocent, don't be a witness speaking to their innocence. If they're 
if they are, if they are innocent and people want them guilty, then and you have a witness, and you 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 have the like evidence and the to don't don't side with the mob to try and get them. Listen, this is important. People people have been have have experienced it, it, unfathomable amounts of un, of injustice in this category of false testimony. Just just one person's false testimony in a court can ruin a life, has ruined lives. Giving false witnesses, it, it, it undermines the pursuit of justice in a society. So this, this commandment to, to don't, do, not, do not bear false witness is because, is because of, of how powerful our words are and, and the effect it has on people. And then we see this, giving false witness doesn't just destroy justice, it destroys reputations. And this is an area maybe some of us have experienced that, that unwillingly and unwantingly we have experienced in this issue. We see this in Proverbs 22, verse one. A good name is more desirable than great riches. To be esteemed is better than silver or gold. A good name is worth more than money. And if you, especially if you're in business. If you're in business, you know this. And you probably run, hopefully run your business this way that, that my name and the name of my company is far more important than a few more dollars. And I'm not gonna sacrifice my name for a buck. And, you, and then there are companies that do sacrifice their name for a buck and you know who they are and you don't do business with them because a good name is far more desirable than, than great riches. All right, a, a trusted name. So when we see someone giving false witness that destroys a reputation and a good name. The injustice is incredible. First Peter 2, 1 says this, therefore rid yourself of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and here it is, this is what we're talking about now, and slander of every kind. Peter says, hey, you need to get rid of all deceit and especially this thing, slander, of of." of bringing accusations and demeaning someone else's good name by speaking things about someone else. You don't get to do that. As a follower of Jesus who's, who's put away your old self and now you're living in your new self, you don't get to do that. You don't get to slander someone else. Slander requires that we make judgments about someone. That's what slander is. That you're making a judgment. And, and here's the thing. You're making a judgment that you're not capable of making. You're not capable of making this judgment because maybe you don't have all the information. Maybe you don't have, maybe uh, you're missing important details. Maybe you don't have both sides of the story. And instead, here's what we do. We make snap judgments really quick. We get a piece of information and without even knowing if it's true, we immediately make a judgment and we, and we, we, we think it's true. We assume it's true about this person. And then what we do is we do this other thing that we love. It's, our, it's, probably, it's probably like Americans, probably just people's, our favorite, favorite pastime. It's, it's the cousin of slander. It's called gossip. That follows right after this. We make a judgment, we hear something, we say, I can't believe they would do that. You don't know what they did. You don't know anything about them, but someone told you, and so therefore now you are gonna share it. And that's how someone's name gets ruined without any evidence, without the ability to defend yourself. Here's a rule of thumb, quick rule of thumb. Ready? You all got a thumb, I assume, maybe? Okay, here's the rule of thumb, Ready? I want you to think through 
how you want other people to make judgments about you. Because they do. People are making judgment calls about you. They are. You are being judged. Not as much as you think. But in certain situations, especially at work, like people are making judgments about you. People are making judgments about me. I can see uh, many of you doing it right now. I, I feel it. I feel it. How do you want people to judge you? By what criteria do you want them to judge you? Me. me. What, what criteria do I want people to judge me? What criteria do you want people to judge you? Do you want it to be whatever they hear from any source? Just deem it to be true. And then share it with other people. Of course not, right? I want to be judged on what I say or what I do. If I deserve it, absolutely. But, but I don't want to be judged on, on what someone else thinks or says, especially if they don't know anything. And then they share it and then they share it. And so here's the thing, ready? Here's the rule of thumb. If you don't want to be judged that way, then you don't get to judge other people that way. You don't get to make snap judgments about some information you hear about a person and then immediately think, oh, the worst about them. Hold, you can reserve judgment. It's totally fine. That's exactly what you would want other people to do for you, to withhold judgment and wait. So what can we do about this? How do we, how do we put off falsehood and speak truthfully? Okay, we'll end with this, some, some practical advice, okay? First one, if you get nothing out of this, you, the, like this is the thing, if this, if this is it, nothing else, pause and reflect before speaking. Ooh. Do you know how many relationships would be saved if you just said, I'm gonna count to three before I say this next thing? And I'm gonna think about what I'm about to say and the consequences of this thing that I'm going to share. To pause and reflect, especially in situations where honesty, honesty is crucial and critical, to pause, to gather your thoughts and to respond truthfully. All right, my new rule in life, before I speak, I'm just gonna count, I'm just gonna wait. I'm just gonna think, all right, how do I really want to respond? Number two, choose honesty over comfort. Ooh, we like comfort. I, I, we got you really nice chairs because we know how much you guys love comfort. And, and, and I love comfort, we all love comfort. And, and we think, we think in our minds, Lying or deceiving will allow me to keep more comfort. And in some situations that may be true, but it will cost you. It will cost you relationship. It will cost you certainly, certainly the Lord says, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? So for us, it means choosing honesty over comfort. I'm gonna be truthful. I'm gonna be honest. In a situation where it would make sense for me to lie or cover it up, it'll benefit me to deceive someone, I'm gonna instead say, I'm gonna be honest here. And it's gonna maybe cause some discomfort. And then the third is to embrace a culture of honesty. Embrace a culture of honesty in your family. Embrace a culture of honesty with, if you're married with your spouse, that, hey, listen, if no one else we will be truthful to each other. If everyone else in the world lies to us, we will be honest. In your relationships, in your workplace, to say, I'm gonna set, I'm, I'll set the tone. I will be, I, in my workplace, I wanna set a tone of honesty. This, this doesn't mean, like, this doesn't mean always saying everything to everyone, of course not. But it, mean, it does mean saying, I'm not gonna cover up by lying for someone else. Right, that's too, 
Don't ask me to sacrifice my integrity so you could have a cover-up. I won't do that. I can't do that. Lying breaks relationships. Honesty builds it. Here's one final verse I'll leave us with and then, then we'll pray and we'll worship the Lord together. Paul writes this in Ephesians chapter four. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs that it may benefit those who listen. The standard here isn't don't lie so you don't get caught. That's not the standard. The standard that we get from the New Testament is speak what is helpful in building others up. It isn't just don't lie. As long as I don't lie, I'm good. That is, the, that is the, a low bar. Instead, the bar is speak what is helpful for building others up so that it may benefit those who listen. May our words be words of encouragement, not simply trying to not get caught. Would you do this? Would you stand and I'll pray. Pray with me and then we'll worship here together. So let's pray. So Lord, Lord, we, um, we love you and we love your word. Your word is truth and we need truth, especially in culture, in society today. We need truth. And God, we wanna be people who do value honesty and truth, certainly over comfort. We don't wanna be people who break relationship. So God, I'm gonna ask for two things. First, will you convict us, all of us, every one of us, that when we find ourselves going down, navigating down this road of deceit and, and thinking about maybe twisting the truth or neglecting the truth or contradicting the truth, will you, Holy Spirit, will you convict us in that moment? Number two, Lord, I ask that you would forgive us when we do fall, when we do fail, because we do. We do make mistakes, plenty in this area. Will you forgive us when we do speak falsehoods and not represent the truth? Help us to put us put off falsehood and to speak truthfully. We love you, Lord. We worship you now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.